Bismillah, Alhamdulillah, Wassalatu Wassalam ala Rasulillah In the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh And welcome to the College Muslim My name is Talha Rafiq and along with my close friend and co-host Badr Adin Muhammad We host this podcast, The College Muslim Our goal is to highlight and show the experience high school and college students go through While growing up Muslim in a primarily non-Muslim society we are not here to give you Islamic advice or tell you how to live your life as Muslims. Instead, we're here to share our story and through discussion show how we navigated many of the struggles and obstacles we faced in our lives in the hopes that it benefits you all. Both Badr Adin and I are currently students at USC studying quantitative biology and between the both of us, we have attended both private and public schools, giving us a wide range of experiences. We also hope to showcase many other experiences by bringing on guests on various episodes. Lastly, we are not sheikhs, muftis, or scholars, and while we do have a rudimentary Islamic education and are continuously learning about Islam, everything we say here is purely from our experiences and should not be listened to with the pretense that we are Islamic scholars. However, with that said, we do take responsibility for what we say, and if any of y'all have any questions, you can always feel free to reach out to us at any of our social media platforms. So with that said, let's begin today's episode, and inshallah, God willing, we, along with you, will continue to grow as Muslims. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome to season four, episode four, a very special episode. The first ever episode with just me and Saeed. Dalha has taken a little break, but inshallah we have a great topic for y'all. Um, yeah, I'll let us uh, hand off to Saeed to start us off. This idea is inshallah. Uh, yeah, so basically I think this idea for me stemmed from uh, the Jum'ah khutbah, the last one that we had at our masjid where the uh, sheikh or the imam was talking about dua and the power of dua. So he was talking about the concept of how usually when we make dua, it's like a last ditch effort. Let's say like in an exam, right before your exam, you're like, yeah, Allah help me with this exam. Um, <laughs> I know that all too well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he was talking about how that that's the most common thing with dua is like right before you're about to do something, you make the dua. But he was talking about the importance of making dua before you start like a process let's say you have an exam coming up you make dua when you start studying you make dua while you're studying and you make dua before you take your exam which is usually the only dua that happens and he was talking about how dua basically is a form of ibadah and it's something that we shouldn't leave it's something that we should always keep close and dear to us and it's a way of directly talking to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then he referenced the verse from the Quran in uh, Surah Al-Baqarah where uh, Allah says, uh, if you ask about me, when he's, he's talking to the Prophet Wasallam, if you ask about me, um, tell them that I am near. So he was talking about that. And um, me and Badr-Din wanted to talk about it with our experiences in terms of prima track and all the exams that we take. Just college students uh, in general, I think. I think every yeah, college students in general, that's, yeah. That stress, you know, yeah. For sure. And I want to, I think when uh, Saeed talked about like the beginning, middle, end aspect, I was sort of thinking about like why is the reason, like why is the reason why I sort of end up doing it at the end, like a last ditch effort like you were saying. I think like the pressure starts building up like, and the the thing I came across, at least for myself, that the biggest reason why that I was doing that, I'm, alhamdulillah, I've been doing, I've been doing the whole like beginning, middle, I don't know about beginning, but definitely middle and end, I've been doing that a lot more, alhamdulillah, in my du'as. I think the reason why, like when I first started, like in freshman year, the reason why I kept doing it at the end was because I, it's 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 a type of arrogance, I think, in the sense that like when you're starting the process and when you're in the process, you feel like you have so much time and you have so much like 
time to put in that effort and like the 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 thing is so far away anyway and it, that reminded me of the idea of both tawakkul and like the submission that we should have for Allah so those are like those are the three things we're going to tie together in this episode we're going to talk about the power of dua and like the whole idea uh Saeed was talking about about doing dua at the beginning middle and the end of taking on any endeavor but also that even the, the, the reason why we should be doing dua at like the beginning and middle at least for myself the reason why i thought i think i should personally do that uh at the beginning and the middle is because like there is no, nothing happens without the power of allah like anything mm-hmm. that i do any effort that i want to do any thought that i have is from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so i'm at the mercy of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for everything and we'll talk a little bit about like la hawla la quwwata illa billah and also just having tawakkul throughout the process that at the end if something doesn't happen the way it happens even though you made that such a maybe a sincere a really sincere dua and you like you're really powerless at the end sometimes it may not work out exactly how you intended that's sort of the qadr and having that tawakkul that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has in store what is the best for you so that's a lot mm-hmm. of like big words and like a lot of just theory out there but like inshallah we'll, we're gonna dive deep we're gonna dive into that more i think the best way to do this is kind of like a story so we can talk about the beginning the middle and the end so mm-hmm. we'll talk a little bit about our stories of like how we've sort of used dua throughout our lives and like what that beginning middle and end looked like for each of those instances so uh do you want to start us off side or i can start us off too i have a couple of Go ahead. tons of stories seem like you were like... passionate about one of your stories <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh sure i can start us off i think so when I came in to college as a freshman, I had a very, 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 very rough time. Uh, so I, I don't know if you remember. Uh, so I yeah, like, no. so then I had the same bio and gen bio and gen chem classes our freshman year. So you probably saw me, but like I was tired. Yeah, out of I, my mind. yeah I remember. I remember seeing you come into class with like big eyeball, like eye bags <laughs> under your eyes, always tired, always drinking Starbucks. But oh yeah, the Starbucks, freshman dude, year was I, tough. <laughs> this is a side tangent, but like one of my friends introduced me to um the venti, like the venti sides at Starbucks. And ever since he told me about that, like that's oh I just did that for the whole freshman year. It was so bad. <laughs> but anyway, uh yeah, no, freshman year was extremely rough for me. I had tons of extenuating circumstances and side then I were taking both we were both taking Gen Bio and Gen Chem and it was called uh, it's called advanced Gen Bio and Advanced Gen Chem. It was the same class, but it was just uh this is, yeah. It was the exact same class, but it was called that. So I mean, I had a, a little bit of a stress and like, I mean, when you hear the word advanced, you like, you think it's going to be really hard, right? So I was already coming in with a lot of like stress about what the class was going to be and how hard it was going to be, like how much work I was going to have to put in, I guess a lot of anxiety about it. And then coupled with, um, I mean, I can tell you all this, it's, it's like, it's out there. It's on like my YouTube channel and stuff too. But uh, I crashed my car on the first day of classes and then I moved in on the second day of classes. So I didn't even know how to like live on campus and everything, but like, every single exam that semester for especially for chemistry i think biology like i was like kind of fine with just because like a lot more like memorization but like especially chemistry like every single exam like i would like i'd be here by here i mean the university religious center at usc uh and like i'd be in the prayer room and i would just be like praying to allah SWT, like just just give me this one exam and then the next exam i'll promise i'll study like i'll study from the <laughs> beginning which didn't happen <laughs> every college student knows it never happens you say you're going to do it but it never happens uh but inshallah that'll happen next semester Inshallah. <laughs> but I'd be like, I'd be in the prayer room and I'd just be like, oh, I just, I, I know I didn't study. I know I didn't study from the beginning. Like I should have, but I just, I need this. I need a break. Like that, that, that would be my mentality. I just need a break from like the, the bad grades that I've been getting and like the, the failures that I've been having with like my exams and like my homework and stuff. But I wouldn't, the, the problem is I wouldn't make dua like before I even started studying for the exam or while I was studying mm-hmm. for the exam. I mean, I'd, I'd maybe like make a dua that like Rabbi Zidni Ilma, something like that every once in a while, but like, it wouldn't be like a like it wouldn't be the power like and like I think everyone I think everyone has experienced this at some point but like 
the dua that you make at like the very very end, like you were saying, the latch the latch the last ditch effort where like everything seems like it's not gonna happen, and then you're like, Allah, just let me just let me have this. But like imagine yeah. if uh, I would now like coming in from last year, my second year of college, I was like, if I had just done that like throughout the whole time I was studying, like you said, like maybe it would have been a lot different. Yeah, and, and I'm gonna cut you off here real quick. I remember yeah, um. In one of the halakas that we uh, had at uh, URC, one of, um, Ismail was telling us about starting everything with Bismillah in the, or in the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if it's you're starting your car, you're opening your laptop, you're starting studying, any literally anything you do, eating, you start with Bismillah, it gives you a, a, a reminder of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, so no matter what you do. So even if, even if that's your form of du'a, or remembering all the spontaneity before you're studying, that's great in itself, right? Um, yeah. So, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about another topic that uh, the Imam talked about in in the uh, khutbah. He was talking about um, when you make du'a, it's it's a two sided street. For example, for um, the exams, so you can't just make du'a and expect it to happen if you don't do anything about it, mm-hmm. and then you can't do something and not make du'a. <laughs> and then he was talking about how you can't make dua or sorry you can't do something and then not make dua and think expect it to happen right it's a two-way thing so you have to make dua and then you have to act upon it and um i think that's that's uh a hard thing for a lot of people especially us in college um a lot of times we do one or the other we either be like yeah allah help me with this exam i did absolutely nothing or help me with this quiz i didn't study at all or we get so caught up in studying and so caught up in the stressors of wanting to do well that we kind of detach from the religious aspect. We detach from asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for help. Um, and something that helped me personally is starting everything with Bismillah. Like even mm-hmm. for me, something that I did was I changed one of like my passwords that, to incorporate Bismillah into it. <laughs> Hopefully no one hacks me now or finds out my <laughs> password. But um yeah, like even that itself. So every time I open my laptop or anytime I sign into Blackboard, which is where we like uh, go to our assignments and everything, um, I like type in Bismillah. So that's a reminder for me. That personally helped me a lot. Um, but yeah, I think I think uh, I'm gonna steal that. I'm gonna steal that. I'm gonna change my my lock screen password from my computer now to Bismillah. <laughs> no, cause, dude. Ever since like I was a kid, my that'd be like the number one thing my mom would always tell me like. May Allah give her, may Allah have like mercy on her heart. Like she would always be like every single exam, like the day, the morning, because okay, everything starts at 8 a.m. in in, high, in like middle school, high school, right? So as soon as I was leave that door on exam day, she'd be like, remember to say Bismillah. And that's like the last thing. She, oh, obviously, she'd say Salam afterwards, but like that, that'd be like mm-hmm. the last like thing she would say, like last command, like she would give me as soon as I left the house. Like yeah. okay, sure, like the night before, the days before, I'd be like studying. I'd be like, she'd like bring me food and stuff, and like she'd like help me with my studying and stuff, but. The very last thing, like, I would even be like, remember this formula or, like, remember this, like, item or thing. My mom has two masters in computer science, so she's very, like, mathematically minded. Yeah. She helped me a lot on my math stuff. But, like, so she would teach me, like, formulas and, like, the ways to solve problems. So she'd tell me that, but then, like, that would that would not be the last thing she'd make. She'd be like, make sure to say Bismillah. That would be, like, the last thing. And even if she, somehow she would forget to say that. And then she would, like, call me while I was in the car. My dad mm-hmm. was dropping off, and mm-hmm. she'd be like, I just, I forgot to tell you, but remember to say Bismillah before you start the exam. And that would be, like, she'd, like, say that, like, three times. So. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. definitely saying Bismillah, dude. It has it. It has such it an does. impact. I've, on the exams I've taken, where I have said it and where I haven't said it, like it's definitely clear. Yeah, and then um, I'm gonna I have two points. Something about I'm gonna my mom would also do a similar thing when I was little when she'd drive me to school. 
Um, there's this like little dua. It's like Bismillah, Tawakkaltu ala Allah, la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. Allahumma shahli sadri. I don't know if you guys know the rest, but um, my, every single day, would like when we drive to school, my mom would make me say it, and, and um, it, it's just a great way to start your day because like us in the morning, basically the dua is saying like in the name of Allah subhanahu wa taala, and then you're having you're putting Tawakkal on subhanahu wa taala. Um, so that's a great dua that I I love to do. Um, in the mornings, just to have tawakkul. But I was talking about another thing. Um, another funny story was um, yeah. uh, Ismail in the same halakha. He's talking about how he would write. Ismail is a dental student, by the way, for all you listening. Ismail yeah, is yeah, a dental yeah. student who did like a halakha for our MSU at USC. But yeah, keep going. Yeah, he, he did a halakha about Surah Al Fatiha, which begins with uh, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. So he uh, talked about Bismillah for a good bit. But he was talking about how he would write Bismillah on the top of his tests every time he would start. <laughs> And um, he's saying this one funny story where he had this exam and he hadn't studied that much for it. And I think he was like making it up or something. And he was taking it in the professor's office. And then um, there's supposed to be these grad students that were watching over him. But then the grad students eventually left or something like that. And then the professor left as well. So he was left in uh, the room by himself. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I could have pulled out my phone or something and just cheated. But he said, I had like Bismillah written on the top of my test. And so he's like, I, c- I couldn't do that because I had like, in like, like you know, in the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, bismillah, um, in, on the test. So then he didn't cheat. And then the professor came back and she looked at his exam. She's like, oh, what is this? Like, bismillah at the top that he had written. He's like, oh, it's just something that I like to do before my exams. It's a reminder of God. And then she's like, oh, that's awesome. I've never seen that before. And then she's and then he eventually got like a letter of rec from her for doing that. Because uh, she just thought he was like, I don't know, that was something cool. SubhanAllah. Yeah. Like, I, that's just how it's how things work. And then he was saying how, like, getting that letter of rec meant a lot to him because he was such a, like, a well-known professor. Mm-hmm. But the funny thing is he was like, I still did terrible on the exam. Like, he's like, I, he's like, <laughs> I didn't do good on it. But it, it worked in a different way, right? It wasn't intended for him to get a good grade on that exam. Yeah. But he got something else out of it, right? He got that letter of recommendation, which, Allahu A'lam, could have probably helped him so much more than if he yeah. cheated on that exam. So, um, yeah, I, I, that was a, that was a story that I love and I, I like to reflect on it a lot too because, you know, we always have that temptation, I guess, in, in college especially with how easy it has become on assignments to, like, cheat and whatnot. I mean, let's be honest. Like, it's it's not that hard, like, especially with ChatGPT yeah. and stuff now too. Like, it's if you want to, you can. And, like, I, I don't say as, like, to, to be like, oh, like I'm, I'm cheating on time or anything. But I'm just saying that, like, anyone knows, anyone who's in college right now, anyone who has, like, a computer, like, knows that, like, there are so many ways to, like, get around it. And, okay, I'm going to steal that. I'm going to start writing Bismillah on my test, too. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. I also think the, the other thing you said about, like, him not doing so well on the test, I think even on the test where I said Bismillah in high school and college, like, and anywhere, if I said Bismillah before a test, regardless of the outcome on it, like, if obviously if it was good, like, I'd be happy. But, like, even if it was bad, Versus the test where I didn't say Bismillah and I had a bad result. I think just the, the Sakina that was in my heart at the end of that mm. test, like receiving that result is the, I think when you don't say Bismillah, you're like, oh, I could have studied harder. I could have gotten that right, this right. And like, sure, you still have, I still had those thoughts about like improvements that I can make. But the thoughts were a lot more constructive when I said Bismillah before a test, because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I was like, this is just the Qadr of Allah. Like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted me to have this have this grade, whether it be to teach me a lesson to study harder next time, whether it be so I can like see the improvements that I need to make for the final and like pain points I need to focus on, whatever it may be. But I think just the, mm-hmm. the peace that I had in my heart and like 
this is like a side tension as well, not for this episode, but like inshallah, maybe we can talk about another episode. But the same thing with the power of like istikhara before like doing certain uh, things in my mm-hmm. life. Like that's like that's I equate like the peace I have with like whatever the outcome of a decision that I make after I make istikhara with the same thing as like if I say bismillah before a test and like I end the test and it's not what I expected, I still have a amount of like peace in my heart when it comes to yeah. the result that I get from that. Yeah, and, and, and that's just, um, I'm going to tie that back to one of the beginning concepts we were talking about. So if, like, let's say something happened, like you didn't get the grade that you wanted, but you, let's say, inshallah, you made dua, you said bismillah, and then you put in your best foot forward. At the end of the day, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al-hakim. He's the wise. He knows what's yeah. best for you. And um, there's, uh, like, we all know that if a dua isn't answered, in this dunya it's uh it's given to you in the hereafter or Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives you replaces it with something better for you and uh we never know what's better for us Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yeah. knows best and so yeah that's it's a form of tawakkul that we should all try to incorporate into our lives inshallah and that's always uh that's always something that we're working toward no matter who it is um is having that tawakkul on subhanahu wa ta'ala yeah and i actually want to i want to take that point and apply it to ismail's story too is like okay let's be honest like we were muslims in america in a college setting which is isn't always like it can i mean it's usually welcoming like education is going for being like a liberal space so also, also at the same time like we are in america and islamophobia still exists like people will see certain things i don't know if you wrote it in like arabic or english or whatever it was i mean if, especially if it was in arabic like a professor could have easily seen that and been like oh that's like something inflammatory or like extremist or things like that just pressing arabic because like a lot of i mean you see like arabic on like news news screens and like people just assume it's like a terrorist thing or something like that but the fact that like he had that talk in a lot that like whatever like i this is something that i've been reflecting on really a lot lately too is the idea that like there whenever you put islam and you practice islam in your life whatever comes out of it is always going to be what's good for you because Allah knows what's good for you and like i that, i really like that you said that because i think like a lot of times like i would I mean, I don't know about Bismillah, but like when you were telling that story, I was like, I was thinking like, oh, I should like write Bismillah on my on my test before I start to. But then I was like, what if I write it and like my professor sees it and like they're like, oh, this is like something like inflammatory or like this is something weird and like they don't like it or like they're Islamophobic or something like that. And the fact that that thought even crossed my mind is something that like I want to work on. And I want to reflect on this idea that yeah. like, putting Islam into the things that you do, there's always going to be khair out of it. Like it might not be exactly what you're expecting. Like I might not like get a lot of recommendation, but there's whatever you put Islam into your life, there's nothing bad to you that's going to happen. Um, in yeah. the sense that like, even if it's, even if you think it's bad in that specific moment, there's qadr in it, there's hikmah in it, like you were saying, mm-hmm. Allah is al-hakim. So, at the end of the day, whatever is happening is going to be good for you and whatever Allah has written for you. So, that's something that I want to reflect on from that story as well. Yeah, no, exactly. So, I think, I think the thing that applies to me more or the most in Tawakul is definitely this last semester when we took, or when I took Okenbi, um mm. after every exam i would literally just like just everything my whole my whole soul would just like die after every exam oh, it would man. be and then um i remember one time for one of the exams something happened to me where i had like a lot of stupid mistakes like i i should have done really well on the exam but i didn't i i, I had like a ton of stupid mistakes and i was just defeated and uh, it was thought how that came up to me and he was like well, there's nothing you can do about it now. So <laughs> he's like, you just have to accept that is the best thing for you and then try to move on. And uh, before he told me that, like, I was, I was like shattered. I was literally just like sitting on the, the carpet and it was just like shattered. I had studied like more than anything in my life for this exam. 
Yeah. I remember that exam because like the day, yeah. a couple of days before, like I was talking to Saeed, I was like talking to you, and then you're just like, you just you had like a glaze over your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I probably slept like twenty hours like, not the there. whole week. Yeah, I probably spent. I, I don't anyway. Anyways, but Alhamdulillah, um, regardless of what the exam grade was, at the end of the semester, with the qadr of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, I somehow was able to turn around my grade in the class um, and end up with something that I was happy with. But I think, um, I think something that I took away from that is, you will be sad if something happens to you that you like. Let's say, like the exam, for example, or anything, any other things in life. It doesn't it has to be just school. It can be sports. It can be literally anything you can apply it to. And if it doesn't happen, um, your initial reaction will always be like you're sad or you're ang- not like maybe angry, maybe you're down, but just feeling as if though you put your best foot forward. Because I, I felt like I put my best foot forward, yeah. inshallah, I did. Um, <laughs> If you put your best foot forward and it wasn't the outcome that you wanted, then there's not really much you can do about it. It's just not destined for you. It's something else that's destined for you. And even if that means at the end of the day, you're not going to be able to accomplish a goal that you had for a class or for a sport or for a project that you wanted, then um, it's, it's okay. Like it, it, Life will go on. It's not going to be the end of the world. <laughs> it's not the end of the world. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and that's oh, that was always the hardest concept with me. No, no, like throughout my whole life it is like, if like I I didn't make the basketball team like seven years in a row, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, what is going on? You know, like <laughs> I was like so so defeated. But it probably wasn't the best thing for me. You know, uh, maybe if I made the basketball team from the beginning, I would have been a different person, made different friends, gone down a different route. So, um, yeah, I, I think, think I've had. I think it's a- I I think it's a common dilemma for a lot of like Muslim like uh, the majority of the Muslim demographic in America is like South Asian or like Arab and like we know our cultures like our cultures are they're very much like you work hard and then like you just keep working hard for the results that you're gonna get I think America like the American culture doesn't help with that either like America is all like self-starter self-made like you you whatever work you put in is like what it equates to and I mean maybe that's sort of changing right now with like the different like critical race theory and things like that like the the perception might be changing but historically like america's all america's all has always been like the land of immigrants and like the american dream like you work hard and like you get the results out of it but nowhere in any of that framework in either the ethnic framework or the american framework is there the idea that you need to have to buckle in the law like mm-hmm. at the end of the day whatever happens like sure i i started hearing a lot more towards like that that sentiment like oh whatever happens happens like that's what that's a phrase that like americans use a lot i started hearing mm-hmm. that more towards like my senior year when i planned to college all the years leading up to that, all the 12 years of education leading up to that, I never once heard a teacher saying, uh, like, whatever happens on an exam, like, yeah. what, even if it's, like, not Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, like, even just saying that, like, it's destiny or fate or whatever the other words we use. But even within our Muslim communities, like, my own community, like, I barely ever heard the idea that it, if you fail, like, it, that's what it was meant for you. And, that, yeah. that, like, you should, it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be angry with, like, the outcome. But. Uh, but not being angry towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or like just accepting the idea that whatever happens is what what, what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed is best for you in that moment. Whether that lead to future growth later on, whether that be for seeing your improvements or whether it be avoiding you from something that's like worse for you. And like that happened, mm-hmm. like these, 
I could I could go on and on about different stories about like where I felt angry or I felt sad about something that happened. I I didn't make the volleyball team for like four years straight, and like I kept working yeah. hard. I lost a lot of weight, and like I had a whole like body image issues and everything. But even that, like that was a journey that I be- I personally believe, like at least looking back now, that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala wanted probably wanted me to have. I, obviously, I don't know what the decree of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is, but like just in, in, assuming that like maybe that journey was something that I needed to have for my own self growth, for to understand myself better and to like be the person who I am today. So at the end of the day, I think. I think just communities and people in general, especially Muslims, like young Muslims growing up, I think we all need to have, we need to have the idea that, yes, it's important to work hard. Like Allah Subhanahu doesn't say it's just, like you said, they just have blind faith and like not do anything, just sit around and like never mm-hmm. study or never put any effort towards your uh, your goal. But at the same time, if what your goal is and your, the outcome isn't exactly what you had in mind, that it's okay and that that's the Qadr of Allah Subhanahu Taala and that's like, that's something, whatever Allah Subhanahu has in store for you in the future, like, we don't know what the future is going to be, but Allah Subhanahu knows what's in our future, and that's what that's what's, what's what is best for us in that very exact moment. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of go back to one of the points you're talking about. Also, I realized I was over exaggerating with seven years. That's like all of high school, middle <laughs> I was school, about to say, like no. I don't know why it's a high that. school team that's like second grade or like third grade. Uh, no, no, no. I, I think I started trying out in like seventh grade, and I didn't make it till my junior year. So that's like four world. years. Yeah, but anyways, I was going to talk about the point of um, when we're applying to colleges, when people are like, what happens, what happens, right? So I think why that came up then is because usually in school, like teachers think of like, if you don't do well on exam, it's just because you didn't study well enough or you didn't come, like they didn't pay attention in class, right? Um, So they equate that, yeah, they equate that to you and only you. Um, But whenever you get to applying to colleges, you already did everything you can, right? Um, the only yeah. thing is up to what they say is, is luck, quote unquote, uh, air quotes. And they're like, now you just have to like wait and see what happens, right? But that's that's something that us as Muslims should always have in terms of not just in those situations where it's up to quote unquote luck. It's up it's up to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? So even the exams that they see as like teachers see as it's only your performance or only like how much you studied. It's that, and it's also what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's is. And I feel like that's something that separates us from other religions, is us yeah. always having to have the mind or have the idea of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in our head in terms of the outcome of something. Whereas in other faiths, or is in, especially in Western, it's always kind of mm-hmm. just given to like how much effort that you put in. And that's, I feel like that's what the American dream also kind of comes down to sometimes is like the harder you work the more you'll get out of it but it's not always like that you know so like if yeah. you put in everything that you want or everything that you can and the outcome doesn't come out then it's just it's just not meant for you i think other religions have like a polarizing effect on this like there's some religions that say like oh like you just need to like let go and like whatever happens happens like you don't need to like whatever effort you put in is like negligible almost i've i've seen i've i've like heard certain like theological like talks like that like with other religions where it's just like like whatever effort you put in is negligible whatever happens happens and there's the american side of it the liberalism side of it where it's like you the work that you put in is like equates to the uh the the equivalent outcome like if you if you didn't get a certain outcome it was because of your work it was because of something that you did and like i I, this is why i think islam is such a beautiful religion it's like yes you need to put in the effort you need to do you need to plan and you need to think and you need to problem solved to the best of your ability to the very perfect of your own ability but at the end of the day whatever happens at, at, after that effort is up to Allah and whatever happens from Allah is what is best for you so 
all those principles I think are things that like I never heard as a kid. Like I never even I think unfortunately even within the Muslim community that's not something I heard. I think growing up as a South Asian Indian, like I'm Indian, so yeah. the Indian Muslim community is one that is very much uh, work hard, study, do like. Math, yeah. math. We we do a lot of math, but uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> like <laughs> it's just very like keep doing the practice problems. If you if you're getting something wrong, it's because you didn't do enough practice. It's because you didn't study hard enough. It's just or you just don't get it. But I never I never once heard. I don't think I ever once heard an auntie or an uncle be like, "Oh, it's fine. It's just the qadr of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala." Like you you put in your effort. Yeah. That's all you can do. I started to hear it now more. I think like I started shadowing uh, a couple of doctors and stuff, and like the the doctors that I'm shadowing, they're like. Yeah, all you can do is just put in your best effort and, like, you can apply and, like, you just try and then show what happens to the culture. Well, I'm starting to hear that now as an adult. Yeah, As yeah. a kid. I, when, when I was I, growing up, oh, my <laughs> God. Like, I'd get, like, a 90 on an exam and my mom would be like, why don't you get a 99? Like, dude, I did everything I could. Like, I studied as best as I could. But now, like, in college, my mom's like, uh, like, khalas, it's okay. Like, inshallah, I know you put your best foot forward. I was like, why didn't I get that as a kid? <laughs> I would argue that I needed it more as a kid than I needed as an adult. Like at least as an adult, like I have people around me, I have like shiuch, and like I I hear stuff that like gives me that sentiment. As a kid, like you're kind of isolated to your own community and the sort of the village that's raising you, and the fact yeah. that I never heard that was like, bro. <laughs> um, All right, let's let's talk. Uh, I think we can go back to the whole idea of beginning, middle, end. I definitely want to talk about that a little bit more, like okay. the, how we can sort of bring that into our practice. I mean, talk, I think Bismillah is like a. I think Bismillah in and of itself is is a dua, like starting within the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you're asking for that barakah. Um, mm-hmm. So that's the beginning. And then sort of the middle, um, any ideas you got, like how we can, like how have you like done dua in like the middle of that endeavor and like while you're getting to a certain destination? Yeah. So the I'd say, oh man, I haven't even really thought about that. But I, I, if for me, the beginning always like if let's say I'm going to take like practice exam or homework or something i always start or try to start with bismillah i'm not gonna say mm-hmm. i always do it but i try to um Inshallah. but in the in the middle i feel like let's say something that something that i have to work on as well like we were talking about this before we even started the podcast but let's say you're studying and then this is really hard like you're 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 struggling and trying to understand <laughs> something or let's say in a sport like you're getting destroyed in practice or something like that right um something that i've personally been trying to work on or improve is in those moments where you feel down try to say alhamdulillah which is the middle point Mm. right alhamdulillah that i am at the school alhamdulillah i have these resources or alhamdulillah i have the mental capacity to even study for something like this alhamdulillah for a sport like i can play the sport or that yeah. i even have legs or that i can even move like appreciating what you have even while you're in the middle of something right so i feel like that's a good way to incorporate it into something halfway through right so the beginning is bismillah the middle can be alhamdulillah and then the end again is alhamdulillah after you take an exam or bismillah again before mm-hmm. you take your exam so um yeah i think i think that's something that i personally should probably start doing a little more is appreciating everything that you have because if you don't appreciate it then you don't really understand how much of a blessing it is to you yeah 100 percent. i didn't even think about it. okay now that you said that i remember like i remember i was signing for this one exam it was, it was a really hard exam and i was like really stressed out and i was scrolling through like instagram as one does while procrastinating and not not <laughs> studying as they should but um 
I was going through Instagram and I came across this reel where uh, I think it was Muhammad Hablos. He's always yelling, so he's like yelling about like being <laughs> grateful, <laughs> and like okay, it's it's yelling in a good way because like it hits your heart. It's like it does, straight it does. to your soul. Uh, yeah. So I was like, he was talking about like be grateful that you have these like I forgot exactly, but it was something about like being grateful and like for the naramas and like the things that you have and like that just that invigorated me with like energy to study again and like that's what got me out of procrastination no amount of like i don't know whatever reels are out there like cooking reels or like whatever <laughs> like no amount of that is gonna give me the motivation to study as i and it doesn't it never gives you the motivation to study but like you kind of, i kind of just like psych myself into thinking like if i scroll through instagram a little bit it's gonna like give me a little bit of rest but yeah. that that reel of like realizing and having gratitude because i think when we when we're in the middle of like especially when i'm in the middle of like studying for a really long exam like i can't do this i can't do that it's also a very negative mindset of like everything mm-hmm. that i quote unquote think i don't have or like don't have the capacity for or i don't or i haven't don't have the time for it it's always a don't have it's like it's never uh oh i have this and i have this skill and i have that skill so it's remembering like all the all the i mean obviously it'd be impossible to name everything else what that has given me but just remembering that like i have the time to study i have I don't have financial, I don't have like extreme financial burdens on my head when I'm going to college that are preventing me from like even being able to sit down or like, I don't have to like work full time, a full-time job while I'm yeah. studying and I have all this time to study and it's just up to me to study and like to put in that effort and then uh, make the So yeah, I really like the idea of I'm gonna, being yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna shout out the last video me and Talha uh, talked about the, the speech video about the words that you choose. Um, like you said, like if you replace your word your usage of your words with alhamdulillah and you have that positive mindset while you're studying like i mentioned in the other video um when you start thinking more happy yeah yeah, the last episode sorry um when you replace your words with something more positive you become a more happy person because that's what your brain is thinking in in, in a way right so if you're thinking always negative like ah i can't do this or ah this is so hard then you're gonna be you're gonna put yourself down even more and i'm gonna bring up the one story um of the of the man that like spent his whole life just worshiping allah subhanahu ta'ala and then allah subhanahu ta'ala was like through my mercy enter into jannah and then man was like no i want to enter jannah through my deeds i worshiped you my whole life right yeah. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put all his good deeds on one end of the scale and then the blessing of just his vision of just being able to mm-hmm. see and it outweighed all of his all of his ibad and all of his good deeds. So just the ni'mah and the blessing of having your vision is is something that's so large that we can't even like fathom it in our head, right? So yeah, that's I think that shows the magnitude of how important it is to appreciate what you have and trying to say alhamdulillah even in the worst of times, which for me, the worst of times is the studying <laughs> process, is, is the middle portion. That's the hardest part. And um, and even that, even that thought right there, the, like the, the worst of times for us is like studying for our exams. That in and of itself is a nirma. Like, exactly. Imagine how yeah, exactly. people are out there yeah. that the worst of times for them is not having food or not having water or not having shelter. Exactly. Like sure, I know, I know it's the whole like, oh, uh, they're starving children in Africa, like argument that like everyone makes, but subhanAllah, it is true. Like no, the worst of times- true for the majority of ethnic like South Asian Arab Muslim students in college who are financially stable like the worst of times for the majority of them is just studying for exams and that's the majority exactly. time, that's the worst times for us but there's so many kids that I've met especially at in college that have to work either full-time jobs or they're not able to take certain mm-hmm. classes or they're not able to participate in certain extracurricular things like that just because they don't they have to work or they don't have the time and like that's the worst of times for them so yeah, yeah. The, the fact the fact yeah, that no, we say that's the worst of times is like it's kind of ironic. Yeah, exactly. No, we're very we're very much privileged. Um, alhamdulillah. 
or I don't know, alhamdulillah for our privileges and, and what we've been blessed with. But something that I saw one time, this got this got to my heart. Um, there was this old man. He was he appeared to be like he he was just like not financially stable or mm-hmm. was on, living on the streets um, of the sort. And this was in a Muslim country. And a man went up to like give him money, and he was like, "I don't need it." And he's like, he's li- like he's literally like living on the street, and he's like, "I don't need it." There's orphans you can give it to, or there's people that are younger than me that need the money. Um, and that's like even then in that position he was able to be like alhamdulillah like i don't need it like alhamdulillah i'm good someone can someone deserves it better than me right and um that's that just subhanallah that that just having that iman and having that tawakkul happiness with what allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you is something that not a lot of us will be able to i guess see or or be on yeah. that level just because of the blessings of, that we have there's a level of like irony in that too like people the this man who had like very little like he saw the very little that he had and he was appreciative to allah for it and like this is this is something you see like with a lot of just in general like the the world like countries that have like a lower like per capita gdp or things like that like they they're a lot more religious countries because they 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 see the very they see the little that they have and they're waiting for allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then they want to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to increase them in that versus you see like America and like all these westernized countries where they have so much and like the the facilities and like just everything that exists and like we're sometimes the least appreciative of like what we have and like we all we're always like what's the next step what's the next thing that I can have what's what's yeah. the more what more can I have and like not attributing that to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and I think that's something that like you and I to first to begin with could work on um oh for, for sure lives, I, like, yeah especially me like I remember when I was little like if I didn't get the new game or if i didn't get something that i really did not need i'd Man, complain and just yeah i was a big gamer <laughs> <laughs> anyways um no like if i didn't get something that i wanted which i i really did not need i would always be like so down and be like oh but like dude that's that's such a privilege being able just to say that and um you sh- you, that's something we all have to work on um especially me i'm just gonna start with myself is being more appreciative of what you have and stop looking at things that you don't need, you know? Yeah. It's like, yeah. And I think that being appreciative, like, at least for me, like, like I said, when I saw that reel, like it invigorated me to like work harder for the next thing. Like the, the thing that like, it's kind of ironic, but the thing that you want, that's so, fr- that's so like frivolous and like not a necessity for life. The, the motivation that you have to reach that increases when you have grateful and sort you already have, at least for me and my, in my own personal, just anecdotes, like, Sure, like, acing this exam, like, I found that it was going to be a great thing, but it's not something that, like, I need to live. Like, it's not, like, food, water, shelter, and, like, something like that. But the motivation to reach that never came through me being, like, oh, I just need this, just need to do that. It came through me being grateful. Like, I can see the paper that I'm working with. I can – I have this iPad that I'm able to write on from I'm studying for organic chemistry. I'm able to draw these things and, like, have all these facilities at my disposal. And, like, just the appreciating all of that was, like, Allah SWT has given me so much. Now it's my responsibility to put in that effort and use the things that Allah SWT has given me to better myself and to better my community and to reach yeah. the goals that I want to have um, for the sake of Allah, inshallah. Yeah, and then um, at the end of the day, we're all going to be tested or accounted for on the day of judgment based off of our capabilities. So if you, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave you the or the blessing of being smarter, having intelligence, and you used it for something wrong, like you used yeah. it for uh, hacking if you're like a cs person or like stealing money and Bank, you, you and had like that making int- money off of riba or something yeah yeah if, 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 you, if you 
Exactly. So if you have intelligence and you use it in a wrong way, then you're gonna be you're gonna be accounted for that. But let's say yeah. some people who aren't as smart, some people who can't get into this college or can't get this grade or can't go down this path, it's different for them. They're gonna get accounted for and tested in a different way. So it's at the end of the day, is what you're what you're given. You have to be thankful for it because you're gonna be tested for that and you're gonna be held accountable for that. So if you have more wealth and more money you're going to be accounted for and tested differently than someone who doesn't have money and doesn't have wealth. Right. Yeah. So if you're and a you wasteful given, person, you and I are like given a lot, like just being able to come to this university and like yeah. being able to live in dorms and like have the capability to do things. And like, these are all the things that we're going to test it upon. So that's something that like, I'd yeah. like to remind myself. I think it, it seems counterintuitive, at least the way like America tells us to do stuff is like, Oh, if you like have all the stuff, then like, being submissive to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to like take away from that or it makes like life feel meaningless. I would argue that like makes it more meaningful. The fact that like I have all these things and like I, it's my responsibility to put them towards something that's beneficial and like I'm going to be great. I'm going to be graded on the things that I have and the capabilities that I have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that just ties back to like, don't be wasteful. Don't be wasteful with your time. Don't be wasteful with your knowledge. Don't be wasteful with any of your blessings that you have because all of our blessings are different and um, we can't be wasteful with them. Hundred percent. I actually wanna. I wanna go back to the the idea of the mizan that you were talking about, the scale, and like how at the end of the day, and the the reason why the reason why any single person, any single one of us, even the Prophet Muhammad said this, but like the reason why he's gonna go to Jannah as well is because of the mercy of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and he's like he's a prophet, and he's done. He has mm-hmm. so many more good deeds than like and any of us most likely. And like he has good deeds that like we probably won't even be able to have the just being a prophet, but. The idea that even he himself is going to go enter Jannah, not not on his own deeds, but through the mercy of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and I think that also applies to the idea of any effort that we do in this world as well. And like once again, like America, the American liberal ideology is going to say that like, oh, if you if it's not your effort putting in this work, then like that's just hopeless, and like that's like stupid that like oh like you put in all this effort and like the effort doesn't matter. But I would argue that like having that submission, being a Muslim, the the one that submits, having that submission to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala makes life easier in the sense of, like. You have you still have to put in your work and like I still put in my work and I still, inshallah, I try my best to do the effort that I need to do to reach a certain goal. But at the end of the day, all of that effort, all of that movement of my movement of that pencil, the power of my the energy that I have to do a certain to do a certain thing, all of that is because of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala and because Allah Subhanahu wa Taala allowed me to do it and because Allah Subhanahu wa Taala wanted me to do it. And any outcome that comes out of it is because of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. So all this effort that I put in is it's important and like that effort is like in our own logical minds, like that effort is leading to that outcome. But the only reason that effort led to that outcome is because of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it can be, it can be like a sense of hopelessness if you think about it that way. But I think if you think about it in a way of I'm submitting myself to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and like what I do in my life, like I still put in the effort, but I don't need to stress about that effort. I think that's something that I'm working on personally. It's like not like, you know me, I stress a lot. So the, the, the work that I'm putting in, like just realize that this is the work that I'm doing and this is the work that I'm doing for to, put into sort of my like my account with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and be like, this is what I've done. And now for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to allow me to have the the fruits of my labor, inshallah. So yeah. that's what I want. And, and, the, and, the, the whole reason uh, I mentioned movement and power is because this whole idea comes from la hawla illa billah and the, the fact that there's no power nor movement without Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yeah, exactly. And we're going to tie that back to our original idea of du'a. Yeah. Um, there's nothing that will happen without Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we have to make du'a for it. We have to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Ya Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give me this ni'mah of or give me this or give me that inshallah because asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for something isn't something that should be 
a burden. It shouldn't be like something that you're scared of doing. Um, yeah. Unless it's something haram, but if it's something that's <laughs> halal or it's something that's all right, then yeah, of course, you should ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then um, the, sh- the sheikh also talked about the formalities of dua. Like he was saying dua shouldn't be something that we see as like an interview or something that we see mm-hmm. as something that's like so, I don't know, that seems so formal, right? Something that you have to like prepare or something that you have to like write down. Like, no, you just raise your hands and then be like, call Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like, ya Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You call him by his, by his names. Um, and then ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even if it's, you're feeling you know, sad. Just, yeah. 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 Just ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and just be like, ya Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I need, I need some sort of happiness right now. Or I need help or taqwa. I need, something you know and it's, it shouldn't be something that you're scared or something that you feel like is daunting to do it should that should be your first resort anytime you feel any emotion even if it's happiness make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala like shuk, like thank you Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and, and increase my blessings and allow me to use my blessings in the way that will make you the happiest and allow me to continue making you happy or increase my iman or make me firm on your deen right these are all duas that we should try to incorporate into our life just to try to have a connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because when you're making dua it's like you're speaking to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that's a, a way of forming a connection with him or a form of emotional attachment um, with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 100% and like the the reason why I brought up language too I think the idea we're talking about like it shouldn't be a formal it's not an interview it's not a it's not a you're not going to like yes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the king like he is uh, the, the ruler of the earth and the heavens but it's not like it's not like a king on earth. A king on earth would like be like you'd be disrespectful if you talk to him like you talk to your your best friend or something like that. But Allah would not like he, he's not going to think that's disrespectful. He's going to think that's a sign of that that that's a sign of your like your openness to Allah And like the reason why I mentioned that is because, uh, and I would argue that like I know a lot of like people that grow up Muslim in America might think that like oh I have to I should like if if any sheikh or any person is saying oh make dua in your own language like that and then it should be English. But I would argue like that language should be the language that's used with their parents. I mean, depending on like the relationship you have with their parents. Because for me personally, like I obviously when I'm at school, I talk with people in English and like I'm able to express certain things in English. But the level of like sincerity and like the deepness of that I have to my heart is like in um in the language I speak with my parents. So that's like mm-hmm. Urdu. It's, it's mixed with, like Urdu, wow. Hindi, Telugu, whatever language. It's it's yeah. called like, <laughs> that language. So that language that I speak with my parents, like that, like there's just there's just a different level of it. And the reason why I say speak like try making just try it out. I think that's that. I think that's an exercise that everyone can take part in. Whatever language you speak to with your parents, because at least when I'm speaking with my parents, I'm speaking from the heart. Like there's no barriers mm-hmm. between like me and my parents in terms of like a certain amount. Like obviously there's respect. Like I respect my parents. And I love my parents. But yeah. that love, I think that's the second part. When you love someone, you're not worried about like the the pitch of your voice or like how tall you're standing up and like what they're mm-hmm. gonna think about that and like that's all the superficial things that we worry about with like normal strangers or people out out on the streets or things like that. But when you're with your parents and when you're with someone you love, like we should love Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, we're our true selves. So I would say, like, I, I think I think that's an exercise that like we can all take part in. It's like just try making dua in the language that you speak, that you speak with your parents. And sure, like the vocabulary, might, like there's there's certain words in like Urdu that I don't know that they're like Urdu Hindi. Yeah, I I personally when yeah. I make dua, Alhamdulillah, I'm blessed to be able to speak Arabic. But I I interweave in my dua sometimes. <laughs> um, like I'll start it off with Arabic and then like I won't know a word and then I'll just say it in English and then continue exactly. in Arabic or start interweaving Arabic and English. I mean Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala understands everything. Yeah. Um also that doesn't yeah. mean like he like 
obviously you should speak to Allah SWT and you should make dua out loud but like he doesn't mean like if you feel like because I think sometimes like when I'm, when I'm speaking I'm like did I use this phrase right did I use that word right but it doesn't matter like Allah SWT knows exactly what's in your heart so yeah. yes you're he expressing your to the best yeah he knows he, you're expressing I'm expressing to the best of my ability what's in my heart but Allah SWT knows like even the stuff that I'm not saying with my tongue he mm-hmm. knows what's going on in my heart but the the action and the the practice of like asking with your tongue and like making dua sincerely I think like it's more it's more for myself, I think. Just realizing that, like this is all the stuff that I have locked up in my heart that I don't exactly think about on a daily basis. And these are things that I need from Asmata. So voicing that in like my own language and like subbing in those English words every now and then I don't understand what's going on what I'm what word I'm supposed to use. That like that's a level of sincerity that like really helps me connect with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yeah. When you um was talking about the emotional attachment with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in terms of talking to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala every single day. So when you something good happens to you, just just say thank you, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, for giving this nama. And then if something bad happens, be like Alhamdulillah, thank you for the blessings that you gave me and and help me, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, get out of this, right? And Allah Subhanahu wa Taala wants to see the softness in her, in your heart. He wants to see you ask for help and rely on Him because we are we are His uh, like slave at the end of the day. We are His the person that worships Him. He He wants us. Yeah, He wants us to ask him for help and see that softness in our heart whether it's crying or any form of emotion that that truly displays you um also wants to see that yeah and i think one thing that leads us to like the end stage of dua that we were talking about as well like going from the middle stage to like the end stage and like coming to what happens after the outcome like obviously if it's a if it's a good outcome like i think the first thing that i do is like i make such that like i just wherever i am like doesn't matter i remember i it was uh it was after like I was uh, I think I went to lab I went to lab and then I came out of the lab and then during while I was in the lab I found out like an opportunity that I had gone I got an email about something so I, like I walked and I was like walking to my car when I like found out and like it's a very public place it's just, right it's just in the parking lot but I was just like so overjoyed that like I was just I just made such that like right next to my car in the parking lot right there and I just was like alhamdulillah and obviously when a good thing happens I think that's a, that's a habit that we can all get into and that mm-hmm. it's a habit that once again my mom alhamdulillah that instilled in me it's like whenever something good happens whenever you're happy about something whenever um you did something well like just make such that be and attribute it back to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and say alhamdulillah for that and i think when it, yeah. it doesn't go out in our favor uh well, actually let's talk about that do you have anything to add to the good i was, just, like, I was just gonna say it's good i was just gonna say when you when you go into sajda when you're talking about that you're also the closest to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala right yeah. like when you're in sajda that's when you're the absolute closest and that's when like when in when you're in sajda, you're supposed to make like dua. You're not supposed to make, but if you want to make dua, that's because yeah. when you're closest to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, when that's when you're the most humble. So when, when something good happens and you go into sajda, you're humbling yourself. You're telling Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, thank you. You're going. You're the closest to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala in that form. It just shows how special and how important that position is. Hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a position that's reserved for Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Like, I don't like we we're not supposed to prostrate to anything else except mm-hmm. Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. So, the fact that like that is a position and a state that is reserved for Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Like, there's no other person. Like, there's nothing else that 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 a position that's even closer to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala than that. So, it's really yeah. important. Just even, and going back to the Nama thing, like even being able to go into sajda is enough. Some people some people can't even go into sajda. Yeah. Um, but being able to go into like that's just literally everything that you can think of on a day to day basis you can think of a, a na'mah or a blessing of you being able to do it yeah and just even having the thought of like going to such the two like some people just 
aren't able to process that like people who have like neurodevelopmental disorders like you're not going to mm-hmm. the, the fact that we have the thought of like as soon as something good happens that should attribute to us all that should go like we can keep going on days like there's so many narrative that Allah has given us yeah. and like we'd never be able to list all of them if we tried um now i think we can talk about like what happens if the outcome is bad so like we've made the dua we've gone from the beginning to the middle now we're at the end and like all the outcomes have happened and a bad thing happens like what what, yeah. what do you do i think then? we were we touched up a little bit on that in yeah. terms of having to work and understanding that this is the best thing that will happen for you if you put your best foot forward but moving forward after that um if something bad did happen just saying inshallah khair having to wakul and then moving on to the next thing in life cuz cuz it keeps going on and then for the next goal or task or project or whatever it is that comes up repeat the process uh, or at least try to perfect it or make it even better incorporate something new into it let's say you start with bismillah and then at the end of every study session you read a page of quran to thank allah subhanahu wa ta'ala right uh, incorporating more or studying more start starting studying early if you know yourself you're not <laughs> studying early enough or you're not studying enough sit down and make a plan sit down and make a plan of like okay i'm going to start studying then i'm going to start studying this time and keep yourself accountable because at the same time of making dua keeping yourself accountable for making dua you have to keep yourself accountable for the actions that you're doing so my number one advice and my number one thing that advice to myself first um is just moving on with something not letting it have that mental space in your head that bogs you down or drags you down no matter what it is um and just understanding that it'll be okay and it'll get better and it's not something that you should always be worried about yeah beautiful um i that was perfect and i think one of the thing that i want to touch on on top of that is uh like you talked about sort of going from the the bad event whatever the outcome the negative outcome that negative in the sense like that's not something that you expected and that's something that like was like disheartening for you personally like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala obviously like whatever he decreed like that's what's best for you and that's like the qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala whatever it leads to a benefit somewhere down the line or maybe in the akhirah um but going from that and then you talked about like moving forward and like having a healthy state of mind and like doing that and i want to i want to sort of touch on the the in between stage that happens the the pain that happens in between mm-hmm. there and i like sure i say pain and like in that sense but i think i personally think it's a physical like visceral emotional pain that can happen like for college kids anyway i mean obviously like if, if it was a negative outcome like physically something happened to obviously you're gonna have like real deep pain but if we're talking about like more trivial mm-hmm. things in the grand scheme of things like tests or like, exams and things like that like there is a there's an amount of emotional and like mental pain that's associated with not doing so well after like you said like uh, for you like studying for that OKMP exam and like not doing so well like, there is an amount of like pain that happens afterwards and during that pain i think so i was actually listening to a talk by uh the Yasser Qadi, uh, Sheikh Yasser Qadi a while ago, and he was talking about sort of, it was a Sirah series. So he was talking about after the event of Ta'if that happened to Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the idea of a complaint to Allah SWT, like how does that look? So obviously there's two types of complaints is what he is essentially broken out into. Like there's the type of complaint where we're like, where inshallah, where we are not like, why did Allah SWT do this to me? Or like what Allah SWT did this to me was wrong or an hour like things of that nature where it's like you're questioning Allah SWT's decree. Like, obviously that type of that type of complaining is very you know, bad. It's very bad. Yeah. Uh, I, I think he called it haram, but like that it's, I'm, it's, I'm pretty it's, sure it's, it is. It's probably haram. You're associating <laughs> yeah. like a partner like it's low key because you're associating like your own whims and desires as like equal to what Allah SWT should like consider and like 
an hour other than yeah. that. But anyway, like I, I think that's something that we can all understand. Is like something that we probably shouldn't do. And, like questioning Allah Subhanahu wa Taala's decree and like His plan mm-hmm. for us. But there's a second type of complaining that comes in the dua, and I think this is, this is something that, like a lot of scholars talk about, and like we hear it all the time. And you were talking about it a while ago about how how we should be open to Allah and talk about every single thing that's going on and like mm-hmm. ask Allah Subhanahu wa Taala for help. And that in and of itself is, I think. The word complain might not be the exact English transition, but I think the the deed the connotation of that Arabic word for whatever that is, is like complaining. And what we think about when we think about complaining is that like the the complaint that happens a lot of is that we like I personally like I've had this a lot of times, especially after every single exam. I'm like, why didn't I get this right? Not because and the, the that why I have to I have to be really careful when I say that is because it's not why didn't Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala let me pass this exam. It's what are the reasons that led to this and like why am I having this pain and like mm-hmm. then that's when I turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and I'd be like I, I accept your decree. Like whatever happened was what was meant to happen. Like you you were like the al-alim like you know everything. But yeah. if if I didn't have this pain it would be better for me so help me out of this pain. So that that, that it's a complex like line of like dua that needs to happen in I the have, sense of like yeah. complaining. Yeah. Go for it. Sorry for cutting off, but I just, yeah, but I think it's something that you're trying to allude to is a dua where you can ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, like, yeah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, make this clear to me as to why this happened. Because sometimes something bad will happen to you and you'll be like, why did this happen? Not questioning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but what, like, what happened for this to happen? So a dua that you can make it to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if this is the best for me, make it clear to me what my faults were that caused this to happen or what make it clear to me what is something that I can do better to prevent this from happening again make it clear to me what I can do to fix this that pain that you feel when something goes wrong is also a test so let's say you didn't get a job that you wanted or you didn't get a grade or you didn't make a team or something with that pain are you gonna go do something wrong to try to, so are you going to go do something haram to try to get yeah. rid of that pain? Or, or are you going to go do something haram to try to alleviate that pain? Or are you going to turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for your blessings and for your ni'mah and then ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help you through this pain and to try to do something that would make Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala happy? So that, that pain that you feel can have two different things, two different outcomes that is either very bad or very good. And, and I think that's a very big test for everybody, no matter, because every, everybody's going to have something not go the way that they wanted, and they're going to feel that pain. I mean, it's, it's just how the brain works. Just when something that you really want to happen doesn't happen, your, your brain goes haywire, and you, yeah. get, you start feeling down. But um, how you, how you kind of tackle those emotions is what is important at the end of the day, because that's a test in itself. Yeah, I think the the biggest reason why, like, yes, Dr. Asqadi was mentioning that in that episode was also because I think sometimes, like, we have, in, like, sort of the way that Islam is taught to us, like, through, like, culture and things like that, like, we're sometimes taught that, like, you shouldn't, you should never, like, wonder or you should never ask Allah SWT to take away the pain of, like, your, um, your whatever negative events that happen in your life, that whatever happens, like, even the pain is like you're just supposed to go through it and like you're never supposed to talk to Allah SWT about it because it's like just part of the journey. And like that's not what we're taught as Muslims said. Like when you have pain, turn to Allah SWT. Ask Allah SWT to help you through the pain. Ask, Allah, ask for Allah SWT's like mercy and blessings and things like that. Obviously without questioning why that pain is taking place. Mm-hmm. So it should, it should never be Allah SWT, why are you giving me this pain? Or like Allah SWT, you shouldn't have given me this pain. Like that, that's not right. But to ask mm-hmm. and say, Allah SWT, you have given me this pain. I'm asking for your blessing and I'm asking for your mercy to help me get mm-hmm. through this and to come out the other end in, in in the way that, in through the test that you want 
the results of the tests that you want me to have. So just that understanding, like the, I think at the end of the day, it all comes back to us having a relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and being open mm-hmm. with whatever is in our hearts and not feeling that as though like we're too unholy or that like we can't talk to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala certain things as a whole another like episode about be, like the whole idea oh, of like yeah. being too sinful. But anyway, like the, the whole idea comes, I think there's something that we're going to talk, be talking about a lot on this podcast, this idea of having an open relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and mm. like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says he's closer to you than your jugular vein. So if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that close, then like obviously he knows every single thing that's in your heart, but the exercise mm. of making dua and saying it with my, with my tongue is exercise for me to understand what's going on inside my heart. Yeah. yeah, and I feel like for me personally, and and, and I'd say in high school, um, that relationship with Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala was very in my head it was very formal. Like I mm. had to, it was either in salah, or like I had to be in salah to like ask Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala of something, or it it was something, or I had to have memorized this du'a in Arabic, yeah. or it was something like it was a super formal relationship where like. I wasn't always like asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or talking to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala about my feelings or, or, or what I wanted or any, whatever whatever it was. But um, whenever you have that relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala where you're not scared to ask or it's not something that's daunting or like you feel like you have to just make the dua out of, out of even even a dua out of desperation. Like something yeah. something is consuming your mind or consuming your life and you just be like, Ya Allah, just please take this out of my life please it, it, like you don't even have to have a formal formal dua for it just whatever is in your heart just get the emotion out and say it and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best he will he will do the best for you and give you the best to make you a better muslim if that's your true intention inshallah inshallah beautiful awesome any last last words uh no nah, i think i think we got the main we idea that we wanted to get around Alhamdulillah. 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 Right. Alhamdulillah. Khair, everyone, for tuning in. This is season four, episode four. Uh, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.